On this episode of The Trillist, we have... And I looked down and I immediately started like bawling my eyes out, crying. Because Sam is there and he's walking towards me under this Eiffel Tower. I got out my guitar and just started playing a bunch of random things because, you know, I'm fine playing guitar. As like the night went on, I sort of realized that like she was looking at me in a way that was kind of like... (laughs) I guess serial killer-ish. Not serial killer-ish, but more in a way that like I should probably start doing something. And I'm like one of five kids and the first like girl in my family to like date anyone. So like that was kind of a shock for everyone, especially because like as it goes in my family, like my older sister's the pretty one and I'm like the smart, funny one. Long distance doesn't work for everybody. And it worked for me and it worked for Sid uh, because we were really honest with what we needed in a relationship. For more chill content, follow the Trillis Instagram at T-H-E-T-R-I-L-L-E-S-T underscore podcast. And check out Sia's Insta at L-I-N-D-A-L-E-B-B-I-E. And if you like this video, and I know you do, just admit it, please rate our podcast it will help us with reaching more people and also share it with your friends your family your loved ones just share it hello everyone welcome back to this episode of the trillist on today's episode i have four lovely individuals could you please each introduce yourself i'm natalie I am a senior at Penn, but I'm actually from Boston, and I'm currently studying real estate and operations. I'm Jack. I'm an English major at Penn. Uh, I am from just outside of Philadelphia. Hi, everybody. I am Sydney. You can call me Sid. I just recently graduated from Penn. I graduated studying international relations and sociology, and now I'm living in Minneapolis. And I'm Sam. I did not go to Penn. I recently graduated from the University of Chicago. I studied public policy, and I am also living in Minneapolis. Yes, they are living together. (laughs) Given your respective areas, field of interest, what you want to pursue post-grad or pursuing currently, Would you say that it is important, it is vital to be up to date on world news and what is going on today? 100%. I mean, if the past year is any indication of how quickly things can change, I'd say like 100% need to stay up to date on what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely agree. Studying international relations, I had to know. Like The Economist, 
was huge for me in terms of research. And I love that. So. Well, I'm glad that you brought up The Economist because, uh, well, Sid already knows about The Economist and I'm sure that she's already subscribed. But for those, she is, yay. (laughs) But for those of you listeners and even my other lovely guests today who aren't subscribed, The Economist sponsors The Trillist. So lucky for everyone, we have a link that gets you a discount for 12 weeks. You can get your own Economist digital subscription for just $19. Ladies and gentlemen, this is premium top news and a wonderful subscription. And for those who are no longer students, you can get a digital subscription for $25. Make sure you check out the link in our description, share the love, send it to your family, your friends, make sure they are knowledgeable about what is going on in the world today and happy reading or listening because with a digital subscription, you can just have a person, a British person, read what is going on in the world to you. I like to do it. It's an easy way to stay up to date. Make sure you check out the link. Again, it's in the description. Get your life. You know you want to know what's going on. So let's get into this episode. As the title tells you, today we will be discussing love surviving college. Both of these couples, a coupledom, I don't know. uh, (laughs) Don't quote me on this. (laughs) Yes, both of these couples have been together since freshman or before freshman year, which I admire because as everyone knows or should know by now, if you've been listening to each season, I'm in love with love. But <laughs> like Halsey said, I'm, I'm bad at love as well. So I admire people who have been in committed relationships. And that is why I asked all four of you, but both of your couples to come on and represent for all the committed people who are getting it. To begin, could you please let me know how, or let the audience know, how each of you met, who made the first move, how did it all happen? Was anyone like, eh, I'm not really feeling this person, but then the other person grew on you? What What's the tea with your how we met story? Sam and I can go first. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, and I always say this, Sam is better at telling the story than I am because he initiated a lot of it yeah so i had a bunch of friends me and sydney didn't go to the same high school we lived within like 15 minutes of each other throughout high school we had like peripheral friend groups but like we never met each other i would just see her in pictures with my friends and like i would hear her name so around senior year uh one of my best friends went to school with her and was close with her and they went to like a, a like a winter dance, like yeah. one of those school formals together. And I saw he posted on Instagram. And so I was like, hey, who is that that you just posted with? Like, I've heard of her, but I, I don't really know who that is. And he responded like, oh, yeah, it's my friend Sid. And I was like, yes, friend. That's what I wanted to hear. And then I asked him for a number. And I think I just started like texting Sid and snapchatting and 
we ended up meeting up for our first date. Like we had, we had texted a while before we actually met up for our first date. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really how we met. I think was just through mutual friends. Yeah. And social media, uh-huh. love social media. Yeah. And Instagram, <laughs> Instagram really sparked it. Cause I was like, Whoa. <laughs> that's, thank you. That's yeah. sweet. That's our story. Pretty basic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so cute. I guess we can go. Um, so me and Jack came from similar but also very different backgrounds, I guess. We both went to like single gender high schools, Jack for his whole life. And yep. I came from an all girls high school with my graduating class of 20. So coming into Pano is a pretty big world. I plan on being single for like a very long time, right? Because you go to an all girls school and you're like, I just need to figure out like how to interact with boys and everything. But lo and behold, last day of NSO convocation, I ended up sitting next to some kids in my hall and I was like, okay, like these people seem nice. So after convocation, we all went out to get like dessert together at Kiwi and the group like slowly got smaller and smaller. And then after Kiwi. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So a group of us about me and my roommate, uh, Natalie, uh, and a couple of other people came back to our dorm room just to like hang out, talk. So we're all there talking. And uh, Natalie notices a guitar by my bed. Uh, I play guitar. And she asked who played. So I said, I play. And basically, I got out my guitar and just started playing a bunch of random things. Because, you know, I'm fine playing guitar. I'm also really shy. So I, like, basically did everything I can to, like, just sit there in the corner playing guitar silently while everyone else talked and then was totally fine. But sort of as like the night went on, I sort of realized that like she was looking at me in a way that was kind of like... <laughs> I guess serial killer-ish. <laughs> not serial killer-ish, but more in a way that like I should probably start doing something. So there's like one song that I knew the lyrics to that I had been practicing. And in by far the smoothest moment of my entire life, I asked her to hold the lyrics up while I sang even though I already knew the lyrics, just so she would sit next to me while I was playing the song. And uh, yeah, just kind of the rest is history from there. Well, I guess like, it's not history yet. So then like, <laughs> sorry for the super long story. But then afterwards, I realized like, tomorrow's the first day of classes, like I need to get laundry done. So I actually didn't know how to do my own laundry because at home, I'm in charge of like the dishes and my sister does the laundry. So Jack was like, oh, yeah, like I have a bunch of laundry to do. Like apparently later I found out he just stuffed his laundry bag full of stuff so he could come down with me. And then like all like all love stories start off. Like we went down to the Hill laundry room, did our laundry together. And then he asked me to get breakfast with him before our 9 a.m. tomorrow and the next day. And then, I mean, the rest of the semester we got breakfast together and that was kind of like the start of it. Yep. I love that. That is so freaking cute both of your stories are so cute shout out to mark zuckerberg for bringing together probably so many couples (laughs) or actually he's not the one that founded instagram but he owns it now so kudos to insta and also to snapchat and also your friend i hope that he's getting i don't know flowers sent to him every anniversary for I don't know, bringing the two of you together. And then look at Jack. He said, I knew the song, but she didn't know that I knew the song. <laughs> I yeah, love I've that. I've never done anything remotely like that in my entire life. <laughs> I love that. That is so cute. And then breakfast the next morning. Ugh, we love to see it. I love, love, love that. So 
To go back a bit, what were the qualities apart from initial attraction that made you say, I really like this person and I want to see where this goes seriously? Because a lot of times, you know, you feel the vibes, you you see the look and so on. And there's a few dates, but it doesn't necessarily pan out into this long-term relationship that the, both couples have been able to uh, sustain. So tell me more about that. For me, I don't know. I feel like I actually realized on our first date that it was something very different and like very special. So to give some background, like Sam had <laughs> had like texted me and was like, what if we went on like a group thing and oh we could hang out and it would be kind of fun. We could get everybody together. And I, I was, was like, nervous. <laughs> I, was, I didn't know what I was supposed to say. I was like, well, we should just go on a date. Like, let's just meet up. And he was like, oh, okay, like, that's great. Like, let's do it. And we got there and the date was awesome. And like, he's funny. And I was like, oh, I'm really comfortable. This is great. And then the date was like over, right? You leave the restaurant and you're walking to your cars and you're like, okay, what's going to happen? Like, da, da, da. And I could tell like, he wanted to kiss me, but he was nervous. And so we just kept walking back and forth between my car and his. And I don't know why we were doing that or like why that lasted so long, but it got to a point where it's like, okay, I need to go home. Like, let's just, we got to do this. And I said, sorry, are you going to kiss me? And I like the look on his face of, I don't know, re like relief <laughs> It yeah. was so endearing and it just made me feel like, I don't know, as a woman, like I was in control and I was respected and he wasn't going to overstep and like ever force me to do anything. And he really just wanted to like get to know me. And I love that. And it's been consistent like in our relationship. And I valued that a lot. So that was like the big differentiator for me. I mean, I did not expect the first date to go as well as it did. Um <laughs> So much so to the point where I planned one joke that I knew I was like, okay, this is like objectively pretty funny. So, and even if she's not having a good time with me, it's sort of like she could sort of laugh at me, even if it was, even if she wasn't liking me. So I would at least feel better about that. But yeah, I, I just like, I was already planning like, okay, next date, maybe I can ask if we want to kiss or like maybe do some hand holding. But I, I would say specifically about Sydney, her hair was something that stood out to me. Like she had really cool hairstyles. What, like she said, I, other than appearance. I know, I know, but I, I the first thing I said was appearance. So I want to make clear that it was like your hair was really cool, and I found that like that just caught my eye right away. You had like yeah. all sorts of pictures, but like I got there and you were just like so cool and fun, and you ordered like a huge meal and like a cookie the size of a plate with like like a carton of ice cream basically on top of it and i was just like yes it's just i don't even have to like do the the dating we can just be like ourselves together yeah. there's no like pretenses about trying to impress one another so i think that was and and the fact that you just like hugged me right away when we met mm. i was just like oh this is fun i like that mm. yeah those are those are like the things i just remember those stood up to me yeah. i love that i have a question so what kind of did Sid, like, did you dye your hair in high school? Or was it like oh. big bouncy curls? Yeah. 
Well, so I'm half native and native hair is just like a huge deal. And I always kept it really long. And it was my mom is just like, this is how you keep your hair really healthy. So I've always had just like naturally, I don't I don't want to like boost my own ego. Like that's terrible. I hate doing that. But <laughs> I do have really nice hair and everyone kind of knows me for like just having, I don't know, really long, really thick native hair. So I think people just like saw that. I don't know. It's just, I don't do anything to it, honestly. Like I, I just don't put heat on it. I, I never curl my hair. It's just like natural, I guess. I don't know. But I guess it was special to him. So <laughs> you do have really nice hair. It's really glossy as well. <laughs> Thank you. First of all, I'm like so hungry after hearing like your big cookie and your ice cream and everything. So like, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. Um, <laughs> and like hearing about your hair too, like not like not to be weird, but like I have to see a picture now. I think like, at least like for me, Jack was just like a very like sweet person you know like when you go to like an all-girls school you just hear like all these horror stories about guys and that kind of just becomes like your reality because like that's the lens you're seeing the world through but like when I met Jack he was just so nice and we come like from pretty different backgrounds like for example like I'm Catholic and like going to church every week is like really important to me and like from the very first week we started dating like Jack who had never gone to church before was so receptive to it and like that was really important to me and like he saw that and he took it in stride like very, very early on, which I like so appreciated. I think just like throughout everything, he's just such like an amazing like listening ear. Like at Wharton, like things can get so stressful for like no apparent reason all the time. But like every time I sort of reach like that stress point, he's always there to sort of like talk me off like the edge of like, I don't know, dropping my concentration or like dropping an industry. And he's always just there to like bring me back and refocus me, which like I always so appreciate. Yeah. And for me, uh, as someone who like is very introverted, like the thing I love most about Natalie is how not introverted she is, how open and talkative she is, and just how like resilient she is in like more ways than one. Like, I don't know, with, with Sid, you guys talked about your first date and how it went really well. Ours did not. <laughs> um <laughs> Being from Philly, going to school in Philly, I'm like, okay, I'm going to like show her around old city Philly. You know, it's classic. That'll be fun. We're going to, we'll get cheesesteaks. It'll be great. And so in my big old bright idea, I was like, let's go to the Constitution Center. And just like for the record, I hate museums, but I didn't tell them that beforehand. See, I didn't know this at the time. So we're walking around an entire museum all day and Basically, like we we got out, and it was very clear that like this was not the greatest first date of all time. But I guess like the feelings never went away enough to the point of like we both wanted to like even though the first date was terrible, wanted to get to date two. I mean, I also like didn't think it was that bad. Like Jack brings it up how bad it was all the time, but like I saw that he was like really trying. Like even though he knew I didn't really like museums, I guess halfway through it. He looked like he really wanted to make this work. So I'm like, all right, I'll give him another chance. And I guess like three and almost a half years later, you know, we've had yeah. a lot of better dates since then. So it works out. I I love that. So Jack, how did you rebound with the second date? Like, how did you make up for it? Or Natalie, if you planned it as well, how was the second date? Second date. I'm just like trying to think back. See, so much happened. From <laughs> I think it might have been... Cheesesteaks? Yeah. Yeah. So I think our second date was, um, so we did like a, we tried to do like a cheesesteaks tour of Philadelphia and I am a huge foodie. 
So Jack like did a bunch of research and found like what he like said was like the best cheesesteak place. It was Jim's in South Philly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we like we like walk there. We walk, we walk there. Yeah, we walk there. And I'm a huge fan of walking. So uh, like like actually that wasn't sarcastic. Um, so like we walked there and it was like really nice September weather in Philadelphia. We had cheesesteaks and the food was good. The vibes were good. And Jack was awesome too. So I think he definitely paid more attention to like my passions, which are eating and walking. So <laughs> worked out really well. Those are two fantastic passions, eating and walking. Love to see it. <laughs> so thank you for sharing those really sweet stories. I love to eat too. Food. I'm like said, if you're going on a date, don't say, oh, I'm going to get a salad, blah, blah, blah. First, I don't eat salad. No. And I'll, I'll say it loud and clear. I do not eat salad. <laughs> I eat food and I eat meat. So And always dessert at the end. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for sharing that. Totally relate to everything. So I want to know how long it took for you to meet each other's friends and family? I'm guessing you met each other's family uh, after like a while of dating. But how was it like melding into your respective groups and bringing the two into a pair? So I met Sid's entire family on our second date. <laughs> like everyone, including my like family friends. Yeah, like her dad's <laughs> friends. And just to give some context, like, so my mom is native, my dad is black, and they're, like, very much culturally black. When you think about the movies with, like, all the dad's friends come around, the guy, and they're like, what's up? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? That's pretty much what happened to Sam. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah. The second date, we made a stop at a family gathering, and I got to meet, uh, yeah, her mom, her brother, her sister, and her dad and his three closest friends. Which also love my dad to death, but like my dad and his friends are all like 300 pounds plus, like they're big, they're big men. So it's just terrifying. I couldn't even imagine. So yeah, we kind of dove into the deep end in terms of meeting friends and family. (laughs) I was kind of like, all right, well, and and honestly, it was just kind of like, cool. You know, it was awkward, but I, I like really like Sydney. So it was definitely worth it. Yeah. I think mine was a little different. I met Sam's mom and his grandma first, actually. They were in, like, we just went over to Sam's house and they were looking at, like, photos, like a photo album. And so I saw some photos and it was just, it was nice and a bit more relaxed than probably meeting my family was, I would assume. Yes, it was. (laughs) It was definitely more relaxed. Yeah. For us, like, it was a pretty opposite story to Sid and Sam. So for me, my family's from India. So only like our immediate families here. So like our parents and siblings, everyone else is just like scattered everywhere else. So no big family reunion, unfortunately. And actually like in traditional Indian culture, like you're kind of told like you're not allowed to date until you're like 30 or so. So it was just for the first like month or so, it was like, what are we going to tell my parents? Are we going to tell my parents? So eventually like I had gone home in November um, just to see my family. And my mom kind of like guessed that I was dating someone. And she was like, actually very cool with it, which like shocked me and still shocks me to today. So I brought Jack over for New Year's Eve, and he met everyone. And I'm like, one of five kids, and the first like girl in my family to like date anyone. So like, that was kind of a shock for everyone, especially because like, as it goes in my family, like, my older sister's the pretty one, and I'm like the smart, funny one. 
So like they were all kind of shocked that like I got a boyfriend before she did. So um, that was like a fun, I guess, little thing. But I guess, Jack, you can tell like your side of meeting my fam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it's hard to like really describe like feeling other than it was just like actually really comfortable, like hectic. There's a lot of people in, the, in, in that house, but in a way that like it was just nice, like and I never felt like out of place or uncomfortable or unwelcome or anything. And I like felt like comfortable talking to everyone in the family and not, not, everything just went smoothly. So yeah, I, I really liked meeting her family for on my end. On, honestly, like nothing much happened at all. The first time you met my family. Yeah. It was very casual. Yeah. We like, I, we live like just outside of Philly. So I went home one day during the fall semester of freshman year to just like pick something up and like have dinner with my family and brought Natalie. And it was like literally just like a two hour, like, hi, what's up? getting to know someone and yeah like it just didn't I I don't know about how you felt but it just didn't feel like pressured at all I mean I was actually like super nervous right (laughs) so on our way like walking to 30th street station like I will never forget this moment we were walking outside of like new college house like you know on that bridge in between NCH and hill so like I was drinking like a Wawa chocolate milk which are like the greatest things in the world and I was so nervous like for this like meeting his parents that I spilled the entire thing like on my flip-flops, I think I was, it wasn't even flip-flops, it was like Burks, right? So like whatever you stain your Burks with are going to like stay with you for a while. So we like rushed to the NCH bathrooms and was like cleaning my like really sticky feet. And I was super nervous, but it ended up being fine. And Jack's parents actually met at Penn too. So I think it was almost expected of him to bring a Penn girl yeah, home. So. A little bit true. You know? <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so sweet. And maybe one day your kids will also meet their significant others at Penn. That's a really, that's a really sweet story. It's funny. I can just imagine him walking into the cookout. I don't know if it was a cookout or just like a get together. <laughs> and Sam's like, oh, <laughs> oh snap. It was a book signing. So one of my dad's friends like wrote this book. Like and there was his a, book. It was a huge event. And it's just like, I, I don't know why this was when we chose to meet everybody. Because it was, I was mortified. I was like, <laughs> this has got to be <laughs> so stressful. But yeah, oh, yeah. pretty much. I love that. And they probably welcomed him in because I, a lot of times with family, everyone seems kind of standoffish. I come from a very West African family and I remember uh, one of my uncle's weddings, my cousin brought her boyfriend. He was white, her boyfriend at the time. Well, she says it was her friend, but I was in high school and she probably didn't want my like busy body, like big ass mouth to like spill the details so she was like yeah i'm bringing a friend to the wedding i was like "Ooh, your boyfriend like 10th grade sia and she's like no my friend he came and he was at our table and then my sister who was i think like six at the time was like are you blank's boyfriend and he was like yeah and the whole family was there my uncles it was a lot but we were nice and we welcomed this like i think he was the only or maybe one of a few white people at the entire wedding and i'm sure he had a good time i don't know <laughs> i feel like it's just a rite of passage like i don't know it happens and you're right like after a certain point it is welcoming like they just 
it's like a game. It's sometimes it's, it might not be the healthiest game, honestly, but it's funny sometimes. So, yeah. Sid and Sam, as you all have heard, went to different universities. Sid is a Penn gal and Sam is UChicago. He's a UChicago guy. So you guys were long distance and you also studied abroad in different countries. Yeah. So I want to know more about how you kept your like love alive with the long distance, how you made it work and so on. Was there any apprehension about having a long distance relationship? 100%. Sam and I met kind of like the end of senior year of high school. Literally the worst time to meet someone. Right. So I like both of us already knew where we were where we were going to school. Like we were like, this is when we're leaving. That's it. And when I had initially left for college, because I left before Sam did, we said, okay, like we cannot do long distance. Like that sucks. Why would you like who wants to do long distance? Like we won't see each other. And then I got to school and I was like, this is not like I don't it's more unnatural for me to not talk to him and tell him I love him and like just I don't know, act like we're together than it is the other way. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let's just kind of do it. And then Sam went to school and I think had a similar experience where it was just like this is just harder and forced to like not be ourselves. Well, because. We didn't actually stop talking. We just texted every single day and we would FaceTime and we would like keep almost constant communication. And it was literally the same relationship we had, but we just like, we're like, yeah, we're not together. But like, it just got to a point where it's just like, why didn't like, why are we not together? Yeah. Because also when you're a freshman in school and like, you're obviously trying to balance like school and I was playing basketball at the time for University of Chicago and then like social life as well like I wanted to go see her but it's hard for me to pitch my parents on flying to Philadelphia to see a friend yeah <laughs> like to go and to stay with her and like you know spend every single second together and be like oh yeah but we're just friends we're not dating yeah so it it was just kind of like reality at a certain point that we were together whether we wanted to say that or not yeah and i how do we keep it going i feel like what has always been consistent in sam and i's relationship from like the first time we went on a date to now is how well we've always communicated with each other and i think obviously in long distance like you don't have that physical element right like i can't go and hug him i can't kiss him like we can't have an apartment together. Like it just doesn't work that way. So you have to be able to communicate your feelings, your needs, your wants, like, and communicate what's working and what's not. And I think Sam and I always from the beginning said like, we just need to be honest with each other of like, what are those things? Mm -hmm. What do you need to feel like you're fulfilled in this relationship? And how do I make sure that I can give that to you? I think both of us were lucky enough to where we found a like so much fulfillment in just being able to talk to one another that the physical aspect, although obviously it's important in a relationship, we could go without it for a few months if it meant we got to see each other for mm-hmm. a weekend. And then we could communicate and talk to one another. 
like when we weren't together. Yeah. Another piece I'll say on that too is it helps when it helped definitely when we understood we were on the same page about like what was important to us, that we were going to visit each other, that we were going to prioritize seeing each other. And I think that was hugely helpful. But I also think like I never had, I guess long distance doesn't work for everybody. And it worked for me and it worked for Sid uh, because we were really honest with what we needed in a relationship and what we defined a relationship as. And for some Mm -hmm. people, like they need somebody actually there in that space with them. But I never really had like that. That was never a necessity for me in a relationship. It's just something I've never, I mean, it might be silly, but when you talk about love languages, like I value quality time. So that was FaceTiming and talking on the phone and just like having that relationship and some people might not. Some people might need someone to be there and touch them and affirm them in that way. So I think it really is like, it's not so much about making your quote unquote love last as understanding what that is to you, what what's going to make you most happy. And then if you can do that in long distance, it's about communication. Yeah. That's powerful. Can you just tell me or tell the audience about your surprise trip to Paris? So. Live this down. This story is insane. And I'm never going to be able to like one up this ever. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm I'm sorry, but the, the audience needs to know how amazing this story is. So just to like give a back ground, uh, Mm -hmm. a backdrop or whatever. So Sam studied abroad in Barcelona and Sid studied abroad in Greece, spring of your junior years. So they were both there at the same time. And then Sid's friend was studying abroad in Paris. So she went to visit her and I'll let you guys tell the story. Yes. So (laughs) even a little more backstory, I love surprises. It's like my favorite thing of all time is planning surprises. I think this was like the third one I'd done, but uh, freshman year I surprised her. Um, and the first time I came to Penn was actually a surprise that I coordinated with her roommates. But I got this idea because we had planned a trip for a couple of weeks later to see each other finally. And she had left for study abroad in January. So it had been four months about at this point, the longest we'd gone seeing without seeing each other ever. And I was like, well... I'm not that far from Paris and people keep talking about how cheap these flights are. So, and I wanted to make sure it was okay with her friend. So I texted her and I was like, I don't want to intrude on the girls weekend, but I would love to do this. And I booked an Airbnb and I got the flights and luckily enough, I didn't have to make up an excuse for why I wasn't texting her for two and a half hours. Cause that's one of the biggest things. If you're ever planning a surprise, uh, you need to figure out a, a rational excuse for why you're not going to communicate with your loved one for two hours. But yeah, I uh, I told Sid's friend that it'd be a great thing to go walk by the Eiffel Tower in the morning. And I just got there about an hour before they planned to. Um, I was chilling on a park bench when Sid and her friend rolled up. Yeah. The whole story is he pretty much surprised me under the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Which, like, is ridiculous, and I'll I'll never live it down. But, like, on my end, I had gotten to Paris, and I was so excited because I was going to see my friend, and I had no idea what we were going to do, but we were. she was like, oh, well, tomorrow morning, I think we're going to 
walk by the Eiffel Tower so you can see it and take some photos and then we'll go eat and whatever else. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, totally works for me. And now that I look back, she was like, she was taking a really long time to get to the Eiffel Tower because we both woke up really early. She was like, okay, well, let's just stop at like this coffee shop and then let's go stop and get a croissant somewhere else. And then, oh, I want to show you this place. Now that I think about it, she was trying to time it perfectly. But we get to the Eiffel Tower and I didn't even notice he was there at first because the Eiffel Tower is in front of me. I'm looking at it. I'm looking up. It's so exciting. And all of a sudden I turn and my friend's name is Shivani. Shout out to Shivani. But she goes, Sid, look. And I was like, what are you talking about? Look, like I'm looking. It's right there. She's like, no, Sid, look. And I look down and I immediately started like bawling my eyes out, crying. Because Sam is there and he's walking towards me under this Eiffel Tower. And I was like, maybe part of me was crying because I knew this was never going to be one up. <laughs> but it was just like, it was incredible. I don't know. I'm, I'm very lucky to have Sam thinking about me like that. I love that story. Every time I hear it, it's just <laughs> something fresh and so new and so freaking sweet. Love that. Shows how thoughtful uh, Sam is. Sid, you didn't mention your your love language, but I was wondering what yours was. What was mine? What is it? You, you know you. I So I like, um, I don't know what the actual verbiage is, but when, when people do stuff for you. Acts of service. Acts of service. Yeah. Same. Same. Mine. It's like, I love when I, I don't know, I love when I come home and like, the dishes are done and the laundry's done or like the bed's made and the like, I just, I don't know. Or even like, oh, I need to go out and get something. And Sam's like, oh, I can go do that for you. Like just, I don't, it just means a lot to like take your time to go and do something. So that's probably mine. Yeah. And this was a big act of service, <laughs> you know? <laughs> My God. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story. So sweet. And Jack and Natalie, how have you kept your, again, you are both undergrad. There's so much temptation everywhere we look. Hookup culture is a thing. How have you guys ignored all of that and kept your relationship strong and fortified? I think just like from the start, like we always knew like we wanted to go the distance. Because I think like for us, like we both like never wanted to buy into hookup culture because we like have our own opinions on that. We just don't think it's very like fruitful. And at least like for me, like being a Wharton woman, I'm very particular about my time. I didn't want to like waste my time doing something that was never going to blossom into anything. So I think for us, we both knew like, we like wanted to like go the distance and put like a lot of like effort into this. And I think, I mean, like we saw each other like every single day, like it was nice, like living in the same hall, like freshman year. And we sort of joked that like our long distance was like when we moved to different like high rises sophomore year. But like, even then, like we still saw each other every single day. And I think just like having those touch points is really important, but like definitely like open communication is important too. I think like Sid and Sam, you guys kind of highlighted it. Like even like when you're in person, you have to make sure like you're talking about like what needs you both have. Like sometimes like I had really busy days where I was like in Huntsman studying until like 10 or 11, like not picking up my phone. And I think it's just like important to like send Jack a text like before I go into the studying zone and being like, okay, like I might not respond to you in like three seconds. It's not because like I'm mad at you. It's just because super big tests coming up. So I think just communication was just super important. Yeah. Communication, I think is probably what is one of the most important things. 
I guess the other thing is like when you're when you're in a relationship for a long time with someone, like inevitably, like you're going to have moments of like you both wanting to do different things or having different wants of stuff and being willing to compromise and understand like what decisions you're willing to like where you're willing to give ground and where you're willing to not. And I'm not, I don't mean any like big life decisions or anything like that. I mean, something, even things as simple as like, what do you want to eat tonight? Like it's just something like that. Understanding like yours, there's going to be moments where like you fight and disagree, but having being able to like come up with like solutions to problems that you have is like, entirely necessary for being willing to like stick it out this long also realizing like not every single decision is like so existential like I know like with me I'm like really particular about like what I eat so like really it comes down to like if like if I don't get my way with dinner one night it's really not that big of a deal and just sort of like getting perspective on I'm sounding like such a little brat now but like I promise (laughs) I don't cause fights every time you eat but I think just like really like stepping back and like give it like looking at any sort of problem you face with perspective and thinking like, does this like actually matter in the scheme of things? And most of the times it doesn't. So then you just make little compromises there. Yep. That's super important and valid. And I'm glad you both brought up the open channels of communication and seeing the bigger picture. Cause a lot of times, uh, especially young adults were pretty successful in our own right. It's like kind of a my way or the highway. I don't, I'm not assuming that you all are type A, but I'm kind of type A. I've kind of chilled out since high school. But as a type A person, you you want things to go your way and you think you have the best opinion and the best way to do things. So it's important to realize that, no, it's a partnership. We should decide together and work on that. So thanks for that piece of advice because I'm sure a lot of people will uh, find it very wise. I don't know if Sid and Sam's favorite memory together is the Paris meetup. But uh, if it's something different, can you share on that? What is your favorite memory together for both Sid and Sam and also Natalie and Jack? I think for Sam, it's probably Paris, which makes sense. Obviously, that was a, a great moment. And I was thinking about this question a lot, like before we started. And I realized that like probably my favorite moment or I guess moments is the small things. Like I told Sam, one of my favorite moments recently was he went and, he went out and like bought me flowers and brought them back. And it was just such like a nice thing to do. And now that we're living together and we aren't long distance anymore, those things are huge for me. Like just like, the details of everything, the small acts of kindness and love that we get to share now that we didn't necessarily get to do when we were in college and, you know, not living together. I really appreciate like those things. And then also before we moved in together, we both graduated in May, but we were like sent home from school because of COVID. Mm. And my dad is considered high risk in kind of this whole pandemic because of his health. So I couldn't like go out and see Sam or go to his house. So we just went on walks every day and like walked outside. And I really loved those moments too, because it, it was almost like we were getting to know each other again because we couldn't like physically like touch each other. It was just purely conversation and learning more about one another. And 
I really appreciated that, especially before moving in, like just getting to know each other again was nice. Mm. So that's mine. Yeah. And I totally agree with you, Sid, on the point where you were like, oh, it's just like the little moments, like the little things. And I think those are so like under um, appreciated in a lot of relationships. I think even for us too, like, it's just the little moments. Like one day there was like a Brigadero sale for Valentine's Day and like Jack got me some. And anyone who knows me knows like Brigaderos are like the second thing that comes out of my mouth when I'm asked, like, what's your favorite thing in the world? So that was like a really cute thing. And it's just like, Another little thing, like when Jack lets me like choose the movie for the night or like what food to get. But I guess if I were to pick like a favorite moment, it would probably be like senior fall. Like we were both on campus. And like I said before, like I just love walking. And like now since I sort of chosen like real estate as like what I'm going into, like I just love just seeing how the city changes as like you go from like street to street, like highly recommend just choosing a street, walking up and down. So like I dragged Jack like out of his apartment last semester and it was like, maybe like 35 degrees, like not great weather at all. But like we like walked through the city and then like we ended at Franklin's Fountain, which is my favorite place in the city, serves the best soft serve. But he was just so willing to just like drop everything and go get soft serve with me like in the middle of like November. And I think that's just like so telling to like how much like he, you know, like loves me and is ready to like do anything for me, even though the weather is not very permitting for that. (laughs) Yeah. And for me, one of my favorite moments, I mean, I think the idea of like having a favorite moment in a long relationship is, is, is just like not really possible. Like there's just so many moments that you have that you like. And that are coming, you know, in the future. Yeah. That just stand out in your mind. But one of them that does is uh, we were just like freshman year, just like hanging out in her dorm room. And one of us made a joke. I honestly don't remember what the joke was, but whatever it was, we both found it so funny that we sat there like laughing uncontrollably to the point of tears for a half hour. And I genuinely don't even remember what it was about. But like just like that level of like complete random idiocy was like something that will always stick in my mind forever. That is so sweet. And I agree. Thank you for pointing that out because you have a relationship for such a long time. There's so many great moments. That's why you're still in a relationship. So it's nice to hear about the the sweet moments. And thank you for sharing both couples, your sweet moments. Sid kind of, and Natalie as well, touched on this with the pandemic. How has your relationship uh, evolved or been impacted by the circumstances of the pandemic? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Obviously, Sam and I have graduated. Uh, We're living together in 800 square feet. We Mm -hmm. are both working from home currently. Uh, We just kind of make the joke like we are together all the time. Like in every every situation, we are together. And so we've gone from being long distance to having literally no distance between us. Yep. 365 days a year. You could say we're an extreme couple. Yeah, exactly. We're on the extreme spectrums. I think in terms of what's changed, which this is sort of natural for anything, but the biggest, not necessarily difference, but adjustment I think we've had to make is just in the way that we communicate and also the love languages that we have. Like, before when we were long distance there were certain needs that i had because we like we weren't together all the time that have just changed so drastically sometimes just because like we're literally in the same room constantly 
so I think there was an adjustment period that had to be made of like, okay, how is, how are we going to communicate now? Like, what are the needs that you have? And also just like the random ticks that somebody might have, right? Like sometimes I, I annoy the shit out of him, right? And vice versa, because we're always together. And so just figuring out like, what are those things that annoy each other about one another? Like, how do we work through those things? I think we're just we're just learning a lot in a short amount of time because we're together in every scenario from like the apartment was our gym at one point. So we would work out together. We work from home and have a desk that's right next to each other. It's literally the same desk. Right. Like we do everything together. So I think the pandemic has just made us understand like how are we changing as adults and living together is like a whole other circumstance. It also, like, I guess on more of like a positive note, it has made me appreciate Sam so much more because I've learned so much about him. Like, I just, I really do love this guy, like, so much. He's, he's incredible and so smart and so driven. And being able to see him in all of these different facets of life and how, like, he succeeds, like, it's just awesome. And... I don't think like because obviously you graduate and like I work at a bank. It's really busy all the time. Like work would just be a nightmare if I was going into the office. I would probably see Sam way less. So I appreciate him and just seeing how he operates. And he's taught me so much just by like being in his presence, I guess. Yeah. Something that I thought of when you were talking about that, that I'll add on is that I think this pandemic has, and really just like the time that all of us are at in our life, I think it's like a, very, a time of a lot of change and personal growth. And something that I've learned is that as I'm growing and I'm learning about myself, there, you need to also understand that like the person you're with, although you spend all this time with them and they know so much about you, they're also growing like within their own life as well. And there has to be a constant dialogue of as your needs change or as you learn about new things that you need or want in a relationship to be talking about that and discussing what that looks like um, and not being frustrated that, you know, like I think something that um, that I used to feel is like I've been with you for so long. Like, you know, why are we fighting about this thing? But it's because like it's something that I just realized recently that I want or that I need. A relationship is a constant education and sharing process. And I think something that has been super important in the pandemic just because we've been you know trying to stay responsible and not traveling and really just like sticking to our apartment is being patient with one another and understanding that like thinking about how hard it is to figure yourself out and then like thinking about figuring somebody else out like i just think there's like a, a give and take that you have to understand will will happen throughout the course of relationship yeah that's good for us we sort of had the opposite experience like being on campus together for three years prior to the pandemic we almost never went there was never a day where we didn't see each other outside of like summer vacations or like winter breaks yeah like the 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 school breaks but like the second the pandemic happens like we didn't see each other for like three months which at that point had been like the longest time we hadn't seen each other straight and like going through like bits of time on that like the first time we had like genuinely gone long distance and we had to figure out like things that we could do that weren't about like 
literally being together, but sort of adapting to uh, different, like, I don't know, just different fun things that we could do together without relying on like being in person. So like, I don't know, small things like she introduced me to Candy Crush. So we've had Candy Crush competitions randomly over the course of quarantine. We've watched TV shows together separately on different laptops from different states while live texting about the random details of each episode. Like little things like that, that are like stuff that we're learning to do as like long distance happens and will happen as we both start working next year. But that's sort of like, I don't know, I I sort of feel like it's allowed our relationship to grow as like individuals outside of being together. And I think like one of the hardest parts, because I guess like three months like really isn't super long in the grand scheme of things, but the hardest part was just not knowing when we'd ever be able to see each other again, because there is the one layer of like, obviously global pandemic, we're not sure how to travel. But then there is a second layer of like, my parents like wanting me to stay home, because I guess like, for them, like this was the longest time like I've been home for a while. And I like because I genuinely didn't think I was going to get to go home at all, like year 2020, because I had like my job in England and another internship in a different place. So I didn't think I'd even set foot in Boston. So my parents were kind of like, oh, like, we're going to keep you as home as long as we can, which is like, obviously awesome in one aspect. But in another like vein, it's like, oh, like, well, I want to see Jack. So it's kind of difficult to sort of, I guess, like, say, like, I want to be at home, but I also want to be somewhere else with someone else. So I think it was kind of hard, like playing those two roles. But I think definitely agree with Jack, like just coming up with things to do like each day and like just being better with communication too. Like Jack sort of mentioned earlier, like I'm very extroverted. I talk a lot. Like I literally like Finsta, like every little thing that happens to me in a day. So like I'm one who loves like constant communication. And then Jack's like a bit shyer. So I think just like sort of understanding and communicating that like when he wasn't responding quickly, I'm like, oh, like, are you mad at me or something? It just was he didn't really think he had anything interesting that day to share. Um, so I think just being very open to, with communication was important, once again. Throughout this conversation, both couples have spoken about how each person within the coupledom, we're making that a word, <laughs> has supported the other through their dreams. We didn't really go into that, but I would like to end this episode with that positive how have you as you've grown as individuals being in your relationship how have you been supported by your partner and the beauty in that i graduated school in june and i quit my first job in september and took a new (laughs) job at a company where i'd be working completely remote and sydney never once sowed any doubt she just asked me what i wanted to do And we just had honest conversations about that. And that was like, I mean, I look back on it now and I'm like, right decision, but I was scared out of my mind. And it was, it was so much easier to just have her constantly being like, yeah, but you don't want to be unhappy. And her saying like, you know, I have got your back a hundred percent. If things go the worst possible case scenario that could ever go, like she's been a partner to me through the entire process. I'm so fortunate to have it. I'm so lucky to have it. And I just think like, as, as we continue to move forward, I want to be that for her as well, because life is hard (laughs) and and no matter who you are, or what you're doing, life is going to like throw challenges your way and it's going to be shitty and you're going to have to make scary decisions. But as long as you have somebody who's there to like, say, I've got your back in any way that you need. I mean, Sydney is 
like she's everything that I could ask for in a, a life partner um, and a romantic partner. I think for me, it's been interesting joining the workforce, you know, <laughs> right now. Obviously, we're in Minneapolis. I started my job a little bit after George Floyd. And Minneapolis was the obviously starting point of that. And since then, there's been a lot of racial tension everywhere, including my own workplace. And I have, at times, being a minority woman, struggled with that, uh, working at, you know, in a in banking, the industry itself is heavily white, heavily male, and it's hard sometimes. And Sam has been such an awesome support system and I think ally to me. And without that, I don't know, like, I really don't know if I could deal with some of the stuff that we deal with, right? I think as minority women, you hear about the stuff when you're in college and you get there and it's exciting, but it's no joke sometimes. Comments that are made, conversations that are had, it's tough. And I've struggled with that at my workplace. And I've, I've been fairly vocal about that. And Sam has seen it firsthand as we both are working from home currently. But I think that's the biggest support that I've needed and that I've gotten from him is being an ally to me and being a friend to me, right? I, Sam is white. And so there's there's a level of like, he might not fully understand, like, what am I feeling? But he's always been great at supporting me and saying like, yeah, like that's bullshit. And what's going on sucks. And how can I help you? What do you need to feel supported? Like, what do you need in your job? How can I give you resources? Like, I just want to be here. So I think that's been the best support that I've gotten. And I, I'm just, I'm super lucky to have that in our relationship. So I guess like for me with Wharton, like, especially like just the culture there, like you're constantly told to like work in certain industries and you feel like compelled to try out like every single one. So I guess like my pun experience was just me like fully convincing myself at moments that, oh, I was going to be a tech star. I was going to be in finance. I was going to be in consulting. And I like really went in like head first, like thinking I was going to do all those things. And then of course, when it doesn't work out, you sort of come crashing down. And Jack was like always there for me, like at every point where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm literally a failure. Why am I a Wharton? But he was always there to like support me and be like, Natalie, like you're an idiot. Like you're so smart or whatever. But I think like just like the biggest thing too, like like throughout my life, I've always known that I wanted to like have a sort of like international aspect to my career. It's just something my dad did. It's what brought us to America. It's something like my grandpa did. It's generations of family just traveling the world for work. And so for me, I'm actually going to work in London after graduation. As soon as I got the job offer, like, of course, I was super happy. It was in this awesome industry, awesome culture, like awesome, like firm and everything. But I mean, London is incredible. But I was nervous, you know, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, what if like I get this job and Jack's like, no, you can't take it. But I mean, there was never a moment when Jack was like, you can't take it because it'll kill our relationship. He was just so excited for me throughout it all. And I think like with that, like you do have to like come to compromises. I think just really being honest with like how long I'm going to be in London for, like would Jack ever want to move to London full time? Like little things like that. But I'm just like so grateful that he sort of gave me the opportunity to like pursue this like international dream of mine I've had since I was like, 10 years old. And like, I'm just like, so, so grateful for that. For me, 
like it goes into like my being shy thing. I've always struggled with like confidence in myself and what I, what I do and what I can do. And I was lucky enough to be in a place in my life where I started a business last year. And throughout all of that, all of the extra work, all of the stuff that's gone through that, Natalie's been right at my side the whole time, help, helping me with every little thing that I needed help with, even if it was something as simple as like convincing me I was doing the right thing. And I, I can't adequately describe how valuable that that is to me as someone who could use that confidence boost from someone else that's not their own. And it's helped me grow more confident in myself just by the fact that like, I know that there's someone else that believes in me as like, greatly and deeply as she does. That is so sweet. And I love how within each couple, you you both have supported each other through life changes, through career changes, through uh, doubts, self-doubt, and have just fostered each other's confidence. So that I love that. Congrats on London. That's so exciting. And also congrats on your company. That's dope and so cool. And Sid, you're going to kill it in banking. Sid and Sam have a podcast that's available on all major streaming platforms called Just Moved In. It's amazing. They have a variety of guests come on and speak about their passions. Super cool. There's an episode about a Penn student. She got the Pfizer vaccine. And that's amazing because it it's eye-opening. And if you want to hear from a young person who got the vaccine, go right now. Well, once this has ended and check out that episode. Jack, I don't know if you want to plug your business. Feel free to not. I help run with uh, three other guys, a uh, NBA basketball scouting consulting firm. So I work directly for uh, NBA teams watching college international basketball and writing up reports on that. There isn't much available for the public. Mostly just everything we do is pretty limited to our clients. But we do have a website, so you can at least log on. It's just bpahoops.com. So you can at least see what we what we do and our mission statement and who's in the company and whatnot, even if you can't actually literally see the stuff that we're producing. That is so cool and innovative. Look at you, a true entrepreneur. I will have a link to Sid and Sam's podcast in the description along with the Economist link. Click on it. And I will also link Jack's website for those who are curious and want to know more. And Natalie, you're going to do amazing things. You are future CEO. I can see it. Or COO. You will be selling Lux properties all over the world. I can see it. We're calling it into existence and it's amazing. So thank you both for coming on. 34th Street Magazine launches their love issue. So make sure all of the audience, you look out for that. We have the love in this online digital space and I'm glad that you have gotten to hear these wonderful stories. I wish you the best of luck in your journeys pursuing love with that special person. And I wish you peace and love. If you could please rate and leave a comment on this podcast, that would be great. It would help us be more easily identifiable on iTunes and so on and grow our listenership and tell your friends. Thank you. For more chill content, 
visit the Trillis underscore podcast on Instagram. T-H-E-T-R-I-L-L-E-S-T underscore podcast. And also visit Sia's Instagram at L-I-N-D-A-L-E-B-B-I-E.